Hello, uh, my name is Will and welcome to Cabra Matters because Cabra matters to God and to his people. And uh, so this is our, our weekly podcast for Cabra Matter Anglican Church. I'm joined by uh, Rob and Hien, the pastors of, the ch- of our church as well. And uh, what we hope to do is we want to read the Bible together um, and just to have an open heart, open Bible discussion about the upcoming passage um, for the sermon on Sunday. And we'll also discuss some of the questions um, that you have raised uh, from from our uh, previous Sunday sermon as well. Now, uh, our goal is is for you know people to be encouraged and to be edified with God's word, and um, yeah. So thank you for tuning in, and we're going to read from Hosea chapter four. four. Hosea chapter four. Rob, take it away. Alright, Hosea chapter 4, starting from verse 1. Hear the word of the Lord, O children of Israel, for the Lord has a controversy with the inhabitants of the land. There is no faithfulness or steadfast love, and no knowledge of God in the land. There is swearing, lying, murder, stealing, and committing adultery. They break all bounds, and bloodshed follows bloodshed. Therefore the land mourns, and all who dwell in it languish, And also the beasts of the field and the birds of the heavens and even the fish of the sea are taken away. Yet let no one contend and let none accuse. For with you is my contention, O priest. You shall stumble by day. The prophet also shall stumble with you by night. And I will destroy your mother. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I reject you from being a priest to me. And since you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. The more they increase, the more they sin against me. I will change their glory into shame. They feed on the sin of my people. They are greedy for their iniquity. And it shall be like people, like priests. I will punish them for their ways and repay them for their deeds. They shall eat, but not be satisfied. They shall play the whore, but not multiply, because they have forsaken the Lord to cherish whoredom, wine, and new wine, which take away the understanding. My people inquire of a piece of wood, and their walking staff gives them oracles. For a spirit of whoredom has led them astray, and they have left their God to play the whore. They sacrifice on the tops of the mountains and burn offerings on the hills, under oak, poplar, and terebinth, because their shade is good. Therefore your daughters play the whore, and your brides commit adultery. I will not punish your daughters when they play the whore, nor your brides when they commit adultery. For the men themselves go aside with prostitutes, and sacrifice with cult prostitutes, and a people without understanding shall come to ruin. Though you play the whore, O Israel, let not Judah become guilty. Enter not into Gilgal, nor go up to beth and swear not as the Lord lives. Like a stubborn heifer, Israel is stubborn. Can the Lord now feed them like a lamb in a broad pasture? Ephraim is joined to idols. Leave him alone. When their drink is gone, they give themselves to whoring. Their rulers dearly love shame. A wind has wrapped them in its wings, and they shall be ashamed because of their sacrifices. Uh, I think one of the key issues here is in verse 1. So, uh, in some ways, for me anyway, it it summarizes what's going on here. uh, So, there is no faithfulness or steadfast love and no knowledge of God in the land. There seems to be, well, that's the accusation. (laughs) Well, allegation, whatever the word is. Um, And that's how God's people are being described here. Yeah, it's almost as though he, like, brings a charge against the priesthood as well. Mm. 
um, you know, verse six, because you have rejected my knowledge, I also reject you as my priests. Mm. Um, you know, they were the ones who were charged to to teach God's people, um, and and they have led God's people astray. But then that doesn't leave the people like innocent as well, because mm. in you know, in verse nine, and I will, and you will be. Uh, like people like priests, I'll punish both of them for their ways and repay them for their deeds. Mm. So it's not enough to hide behind, oh, I've been led astray by, by the priesthood. Yeah. Um, both held accountable for their for their unfaithfulness. Mm. Um, that's pretty serious. Yeah. So it's like, you know, for for me, as as a teacher of God's people, I'm, I'm held accountable and I don't want to lead people astray. I think that's one of the biggest fears that I have in ministry is leading people away from Christ mm. uh, rather than showing <laughs> showing them Christ um, but then as as a learner of, of of you know God and the Bible and Jesus as well like a, as a learner myself I'm also responsible for my own like walk with God mm. you know that makes me think of situations where a pastor has led has gone astray it's like well it doesn't leave the people off the hook like yeah. you're still responsible um, yeah. yeah don't follow don't follow the pastor that's gone astray like still you know, stay faithful yeah. <laughs> to the Lord mm-hmm. <laughs> I think uh, verse 1 uh, the first part and it says hear the word of the Lord uh, children of Israel I think for me um God's word is 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 like we talk about God's word, but it, 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 there's no impact of that. Um, like you know, you spoke before, um, the priest is not teaching God's word, or there's no faithfulness. It's because there's an absence of God's word. Mm. And uh, yeah, I think just reflect on that. Uh, as you know, teachers of the Bible, um, we assume that there's we're doing God's word or. Where we're listening to God's word a lot, but then for me sometimes I think, yeah, am I listening to God's word? Like I know God's word, I know what it says, I know uh, theologically, no, I know uh, in my head um, what God's word says, but am I hearing it? Because the word, the verse one says, "Hear the word of the Lord." <laughs> am I hearing God's word? And I think that's that's. That's what's missing for these people here, and I think that's something that I um, have to be careful that I hear God's word for myself instead of just teach God's word for yeah. other people. Yeah, that's actually really important. It's easy to just teach and always be teaching, be serving, and not actually hear God's word mm. personally. Because what happens behind closed doors? no one really sees and mm. really knows except God and that's really really important mm. like I remember hearing a senior minister share this once um, he's, it's a bit crude in the way that, well, in the way that he puts it but at the same time the point is he says I pay my staff to have their quiet times and you're, you're paid yeah. to read your like read God's word and to pray mm. make sure you do that don't skip on that yeah. like if anything that's the most important thing that you can be doing mm. uh, as you serve God's church. Mm. 
anyway, could be a digression, but I'll, I'll go there anyway. It, like people, I was just thinking, thinking about like people who go astray, thinking about pastors who go astray. Like, I wonder how their Bible reading is going. Mm-hmm. I wonder how, yeah, whether they're personally you know, engaging with God and whether they're listening to Him. Because mm. it seems like um, just somewhere along the way that drops off. Yes. Uh, yeah, like I don't have like scientific backup or anything on that, but just observing situations that I've come across, it seems like, yeah, Bible reading drops off and eventually their relationship with God dwindles. Mm. Eventually they fall into sin and then things just go pear-shaped. Yeah, and that seems to bring us back to here. Like, you know, people are, well, not listening uh, to God. Yeah, things get patient. <laughs> yeah, I think it just reminds me of, like, you know, Jesus when he preaches, he he starts with you know, let those who have ears hear, yeah. and and like it reminds me of, you know, in in Isaiah where he talks about those who, you know maybe hearing but never perceiving and seeing but yeah. never understanding or the other way around yeah. so there's there's an element I think even if you even if like the word is there right you sometimes you don't really like actually hear it like <laughs> but I think I, I feel like this is I don't know in context I don't think the Israelites and, and you know the people of, of Judah were neglecting the rituals of you know reading the law out loud and and so on like sacrifices and the sacrifices and stuff so i think the reminders there but then i don't think they actually you know bring it into like their life or listening it to it in their hearts mm-hmm. um yeah and so yeah you're right like when you talk about you question when people fall away like how their bible reading is going mm. it could be that they are reading the bible but just not hearing like just yeah. you know just reading it without actually you know yeah. go, I'm listening to God here yeah, um, yeah. There's, that, there's that extra element I think yeah yeah it could be in one ear and out the other <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think when you're here there's it's hard too because you've got to either decide to obey or disobey mm. <laughs> mm. and you can hear it but then to disobey it is like not hearing it but if you can hear it, then you obey, then you're hearing God's word, and it actually affects you. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, like, to bring this home, like I think about people I've come across in the past that they've been, in, they've grown up in church. They've mm. been coming to like church services regularly. Uh, they even serve on different teams yeah. at church. They've even you know, driven people to and from growth groups. Uh, they've sat under Sunday sermons regularly for years, and yet, where are they now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like they've heard, they have heard the gospel time and time again, but yet they still they turn away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They still reject, and that just that scares me. Like as a dad, <laughs> um, yeah. I'm like, yeah, like, I want to do anything like humanly possible to be able to raise my kids to know and love Jesus. But there is that possibility that. You know, they'll hear the gospel time and time again. They'll hear God's word time and time again. But at some point, maybe, um, they'll, they won't follow Jesus. Mm. Yeah. Like there's that active response element that's required in each person. And I can't, I can't do anything about that mm. other than pray for them. Yeah. Yeah. 
in praying and making sure that we don't get in the way mm-hmm. like, yeah because I think you know, if, if I think about my kids it's like yeah they're all here right I read the Bible to them all the time you know they will be going to church um, but then if the ways that I can get in the way is the way that I you know live the rest of my life at home mm-hmm. <laughs> if I'm an unreasonable person and you know are prone to anger or whatever um, they would I would be a bad witness to of, of God to them mm. um, yeah so I think for me personally I feel like if I'm listening to God's word as well as a learner of God's word not just a teacher of God's word then mm. you know he will shape me as a holistic person mm. um, to, to be living for Christ and obeying him mm. yeah and hopefully that means I won't get in the way and put barriers for my children um, in, in their in their you know learning about Jesus mm. <laughs> so yeah, verse 3 is interesting to me <laughs> when things go pear-shaped the environment and the animals are affected and the vegetation <laughs> is affected um that's quite interesting. So you're saying uh, the bushfires and the and COVID is because of our sin? Mm, not necessarily that direct, <laughs> <laughs> but because of sin generally, yes. Yeah, because we live in a fallen world. Yes. Yep. Um, but yeah, like there's there's a there's a cause and effects of of my sin to the world, and I don't see that. Mm very clearly mm. like I'm just thinking about say my pets or say the food I eat or whatever I eat like, I'm enjoying good food because of the land but then when I'm enjoying like when there's no good food around do I re- you know <laughs> or I don't think that's the right way to think about it I think the better way to think about it is when I'm seeing I'm going to be working harder to get good food <laughs> or better pets or yeah. good animals yeah, that's a better way of thinking about it. But that's just interesting that whatever we do affects the environment around us. Because yeah. that's what it says there. <laughs> yeah. When things go pear-shaped, when you don't listen to God, um, the land mourns, or do in languish, the beasts of the field and the birds of the air, yeah. even the fish of the sea are all taken away. Yeah, that, that reminds me of like Deuteronomy. Like um, Deuteronomy 28. You know, when God says this is the covenant and and if you obey it then I'll bless you and bless the land mm-hmm. and if you disobey and break the covenant with me well you know I'll curse you and curse the land <laughs> um, yeah. yeah and so there's that there's that kind of covenant relationship with God between God and his people um, that yeah the land also is impacted mm. and I think that's, I guess that's how we read the prophets, right? They always bring God's people back to the law and say, hey, look at this. <laughs> this, is, this is, God has said this already. This is the consequence of your actions. Mm. Um, you know, and so you're cursed. The land is cursed. Mm. Look, back mm. at, look back at the law. God mm. said this would happen. What's the, what's the, what, what's the takeaway point? Well, repent. Yeah. Turn back to the law. So brainwave, yeah. Like in the same way that you know, God's prophets bring people back to the law. I think the parallel for us now, as yeah. we battle with sin, 
just keep bringing people back to God's word. Mm. As a church, we bring people back to God's word. That's why we constantly hear God's word, preach God's word. Um, personally, that's why I always try to keep coming back to God's word daily. Because mm. um, that's how, that's the means of grace that God gives me to fight sin. Um, yeah, just keep coming back to God's word. Like, I know that sounds cliche, but let's learn from history here. <laughs> learn from the past, learn from God's people. Mm, yeah. When things go pear-shaped, you can usually trace it back to, at some point, they've probably stopped reading the Bible. They've probably stopped, you know, sitting under God's word for themselves. Mm. Despite how publicly um, Christian they look. Mm. Okay. Sure. Okay. Heavenly Father, we pray that you may help us to be a people who constantly listen to you. We pray they won't just go in one ear and out the other, but that you may uh, help us to truly uh, listen and to obey your words. Um, help us to keep coming back to you uh, time and time again. No matter how busy we are, no matter how many ministries we're serving in, no matter how chaotic life gets, we pray that we may keep returning to you, that we may keep sitting uh, under your word, uh, that we may you know, keep knowing you better. Uh, yeah, keep being faithful to you uh, and keep uh, you know, obeying you. So, Father, please uh, strengthen us to do this uh, across our weeks uh, and yeah, enable us by your Spirit uh, to keep knowing you better and loving you more each day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Okay, so um, I think we don't have any leftover questions from this week, uh, but I think from two weeks ago, uh, we had a question about forgiveness and repentance and we thought it would be uh, quite important to, to kind of re, re-raise that, that uh, question. Uh, and I think I would reframe the question as, you know, if we're called to, to forgive, um, you know, is there forgiveness without repentance? Like what, what is forgiveness? Um, and, and so, yeah, let's, let's just kind of like open it up to... to answer that question yeah um, I thought it would be a good starting point just to look like, uh, just to share some actual scenarios without names and without certain people you know, being called out but yeah here are some actual scenarios just because this could this could very easily stay in the theological debate um, kind of level and just it's abstract ideas that we're tossing around it's not like sorry um, they are theological concepts but at the same time they land very practically in the home mm. and in real life situations. So like I can think of people that I've come across who have been disowned from their families. Um, you know, can there be forgiveness in that situation without repentance? What if the family doesn't um, reciprocate, if I can put it that way? Mm. You know, is there actual forgiveness at that point? Uh, another situation would be you know, family breakdowns. Um, you know, someone might really hate someone in their family. Like in that kind of situation, I don't know, what's happened then maybe there's been abuse in the past in that situation you know is if if you're the christian at home is there actual forgiveness at that point yeah, yeah so it's just it's complicated yeah um not to mention domestic violence as well like, mm. can there be forgiveness in a domestically violent relationship yeah yeah, yeah it's a huge struggle right like we see in the bible there's a clear call to forgive um, as we have been forgiven. Um, so what does that look like? Yeah. What does it look like to, to forgive? Yeah. Um, do we, yeah, and I think um, 
we'll probably want to want to talk about how there's there's a kind of what's it called a spectrum from you know forgiveness to reconciliation mm. um, and they're different things mm. um, you know can, can you forgive without reconciliation um, or, or do they do they necessarily need to be the same mm. or come together mm. yeah so I think it'd be good for us to maybe look at some passages too yeah. as well so mm. we had we have the we have the you know real life scenarios right and then we have let's look at some of the passages and then try to bring yeah. it together yeah um, so the first one I can think of is Colossians 3 and that's in verse 13 uh, well I'll just start from verse 12 it says put on then as God's chosen ones holy and beloved compassionate hearts kindness humility meekness and patience bearing with one another and if one has a complaint against another forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you so you also must forgive mm. there's a clear call there to Christians to forgive mm. Now, mm. recognizing there's lots of complexities involved that's why we have this discussion now but there's a clear call here to forgive as God's people mm. yeah. I think uh, Ephesians 4 uh, 31 it says uh, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice be kind to one another tender-hearted forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you mm. yeah um, think about Matthew chapter 6 um, and you know Jesus is teaching uh, his disciples about prayer and so he you know following the Lord's prayer you know this is how then you should pray our Father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as in heaven uh, give us today our daily bread forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one then he explains for if you forgive men when they sin against you your heavenly father will also forgive you but if you do not forgive men their sins your father will not forgive your sins again seems like a clear uh, call to forgive um, but i think there's there's a there's a um what's it called there's a pattern there, like in, in every instance of passage that we read, there's the, we have received forgiveness, yeah. so we are empowered yeah. to forgive, yeah. but also it's like, as your father in heaven has forgiven you, mm. you forgive others. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. So there's that kind of like, you know, um, being Christ-like in the way that we forgive others, but also we're empowered to forgive because we've been forgiven as well. Yeah. 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 And that makes sense because I'm I'm thinking, how, how would I forgive someone if I haven't first kind of received and experienced God's forgiveness in mm. my life? Mm. I need to have that first before I, I know how to pass it on. Yeah. 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 Um, we had one more uh, in Matthew 18, verses 21 to 22. Uh, then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 70 times 7. Mm. Or 77 times. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's saying exactly, literally, forgive 77 times at that point. Um, the point he's saying is you keep forgiving. You know, keep having a forgiving heart. Mm. Keep forgiving others as they sin against you. Mm. Yeah. And interestingly, he follows that up with with the parable of the unmerciful servant. Like he had his debt 
forgiven by his master mm. and then he goes and like grabs <laughs> another guy who owes him like a fraction of the amount and says you know you've got to pay me back mm. or I'll throw you in jail you know and then when everyone hears that it's like everyone's indignant because you know how can you hold a petty thing against someone else once you've been forgiven so much mm. yeah. yeah yeah so it seems like there's a clear call to forgive now let's actually look at well, what does it actually mean to forgive like how do we define forgiveness? What is it? How do I even forgive? Because mm. um, uh, here and you pointed out, um, it's not you know, forgive and forget. No. I mean, you yeah. just open up on? I think we've got to define the forgiveness more um, clearly, um, so that we can understand that you know, forgiving is not forgetting. Like uh, I know that you know to forgive, when someone wrongs you, there's hurt involved, and so when you're forgiving that person. You're not cancelling out that hurt or saying, oh, it didn't hurt me or, you know, you mm. still got hurt. <laughs> and so, you know, you, there's still remembrance of that hurt. So it, it, it forms a scar. So um, to forgive that person is, to define it well, is not doesn't mean that you don't have scars or don't have hurt. Yeah. So it sounds a bit like, yeah, don't dismiss the hurt. Yeah. Um, don't... Um yeah, forget it. <laughs> like it's it's still there. It's there to be acknowledged. It's yeah. there to yeah, be processed and mm. uh, brought to God. Yeah, yeah. So there's more ways of defining it. That's one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think forgiveness doesn't mean does if it's going along the same line about like forgiveness doesn't mean forgive and forget. Like it's not holding holding the wrong against them anymore. Mm. Um, but it doesn't. It also doesn't mean forgiveness equals reconciliation, you know, because mm. because the the pain is there, the thing has happened, um, and like I think if the other party doesn't recognize their wrong in it, then then you can't really reconcile, mm. right? Because it takes two mm. to reconcile. Um, but it sounds like we're saying that forgiveness is a one-sided thing where you can choose not to hold it against them. Mm. And that means you're open to reconciliation. Yeah, well, it leads to reconciliation. So if you're willing to forgive, yeah. it will lead you to um, uh, re- reconciliation, yeah. to work it out with that person. Yeah. And if that person doesn't want to work it out with you, yeah. you're, you're not you're not called to keep trying to make it work. Mm. Right? You're just called to forgive, yeah. which means you don't need to hold that against them. Yeah. Would mm. yeah. uh, like a good picture would be um, uh, when someone does something wrong against you, you've got a wall put up. You hate that person, or mm. you know. But when you forgive that person, you take that wall down, and so there's open uh, an open uh, open door for relationship to yeah. to rehappen, and that's when the other person can or cannot come to the party yeah. in reconciliation. Yeah. So if you had to spell out. Like what is the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation? Mm. Uh, what would you say? Well, it sounds like for- forgiveness is is the the part where you for- like you pardon their their wrong against mm. you, mm. and so you you put your wall down, and 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 um, on your end, you're not going to hold like that against them anymore. It doesn't mean you forget it doesn't mean like if they broke your trust doesn't mean you you go oh, i trust you again mm. it means i'm not going to hold that against you 
Um, and then reconciliation is is when both parties mend the relationship and build it back mm. to a a, a, mm. a place of trust. Yeah. I think when it comes to Christian relationships, so Christian brothers and sisters, um, there's a call to live at peace with one another. Mm. There's a call to to be you know be united in in Christ as well. So I think the there would be a drive for us to then reconcile one another. However, it doesn't mean that relationships would then be exactly the same as it was before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Yeah. Mm. I think uh, it brings out the idea when someone does wrong you, there's always consequences. Yeah. Um, so, for example, in a situation where um, you've got a family member who, you know, um, has done something wrong against you, um, what they've done affected you know, the way that you act or the way that you, you speak to other people or made you angry or more angry a person. <laughs> uh, and so when you forgive them, that's not going to go away sh- straight away. Mm. Um, you know, when you forgive them, there's that consequence has already happened. Yeah. But you work towards being, you know, a calmer person. You work towards being, building that relationship back up. It's like a scar that's there. I mean, like a hurt that says cause a scar. Yeah. The scar doesn't go away. The yeah. scar's still there. Mm. Yeah. 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 So it sounds a bit like when it, forgiving someone is like burying under the hurt, like taking the hurt, uh, and then showing grace mm. Like mm. to the other person. Um, but that doesn't mean there's always a reconciled relationship. Um, the person may or may not say sorry. Yeah. Hopefully they do. Uh, but if they don't, then well, mm. uh, I take it we can still you know, bear the cost and show grace, and, and mm. hopefully that means at some point the person will reciprocate, uh, will respond, mm. will say sorry, and there will be some sort of a, a healing of the relationship, mm. even though there might also be consequences that, that are still there. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So. I don't know, what would you say to someone who is uh, doing it tough? Uh, maybe there's some, I don't know, hurt between uh, some Christian brothers and sisters. Uh, or maybe to the person who is uh, finding it really hard at home. Uh, maybe has some really some broken relationships with his mm. family, or her family. Yeah, I think this is where it gets pretty tricky, eh? Because, yeah. like, if you go to the person who's hurting, oh, you must forgive, it kind of, like, puts them in the wrong. Like, oh, now it's their wrong because they're not forgiving mm-hmm. or, like, struggling or, like, you know, it's, it's a challenge for, for, for them. Um, yeah. yeah. It's just not that easy. It's not that easy. <laughs> yeah. It's not straight. It's not that straightforward. Yeah, it's, it's hard work. work. It's hard work. Yeah. But I think, like, if we want to, if we want to, you know, um, witness to God's love if we want to testify about God's love then I think we as we reflect on you know the forgiveness that we've received from God like mm. you know, as we understand how big our sin is and how much grace we've received from God I think that that is what would then drive us to be able to show grace to others mm. Mm. Um, you know yeah I don't know if you're comfortable with sharing this, like, you know, your your personal um, experience with your parents. 
how do you how did you process that the hurt that you've gone through um, with mm. your parents um, you know disowning you not turning up to your wedding how did you process that yeah so just backstory in case you don't know um, yeah my parents uh, pretty much cut me off for a year and a half and that meant I had no contact with my dad uh, I still had contact with my mom and my sister but it was a very strange relationship still um, they didn't show up to our wedding and I did I, yeah, I knew that would happen uh, they, they told me it would happen and it happened uh, but yeah it hit me hard like actually a couple of years later when I was you know seeing friends that I love and care for get married and that was when I was like whoa yeah I feel like the, a sudden unexpected kind of surge of sadness um, at the fact that my parents didn't show up mm-hmm. yeah uh, in terms of how I worked through that like I took I my conviction is like I'm still able to forgive them like that's how I can contribute to the situation I can take responsibility and you know, love my family keep taking the initiative uh, yeah, and forgive them and I think that, that, that means you know, bearing the, the pain the hurt uh, on myself and showing grace to them mm. in the way that God has shown grace to me mm. that's, how, that's how I've processed it um, in terms of like you asked me some really good questions before here on you know, uh, have you truly forgiven them yeah. and that, was a, that was a really helpful question because um, I was like you know, am I open do I hold anything against them uh, am I open to being reconciled with them mm. at this point I'd say yes mm. like, that's, all, that's all gone like I'm, I'm happy I want to be reconciled to them and I don't hold anything against them but that did take a while mm. <laughs> it took probably a few years yeah. to work through that and I'd say even now there hasn't been like a full healing of the relationship like my parents have never said sorry they haven't acknowledged the things that they've done mm. uh, I don't expect that from them mm. um, but yeah I wouldn't say there's like full reconciliation at this point or to put in the language of the question there hasn't been any repentance <laughs> yeah. but I'd say there, there's still been forgiveness yeah, mm. I forgive them for all that's happened and I, I still love them and I still care for them and I want them to know, know mm. Jesus. Yeah. And it's not like you now want to bring it up with them to demand them to apologize. No. Mm. Right. And that's because in your heart you've forgiven them. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. You had an example as well, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard work. And uh, I think my example, my example is... Uh, uh, when I was younger, you know, my dad exploded for no reason, and I, I was I bore the brunt of his anger, and that I think it has affected me till now, even um, in some sort of way. And, uh, um, I think for me to be uh, really move forward in in terms of what I, how I perform or how what I do to really be um, you know at its peak potential. Um, I really need to bring this up with my dad and, and just say that you know, this happened years ago um, and just bring it up with her so that there is maybe um, re- reconciliation in a sense but for my side of things I've, I've already felt like you know forgot not forgotten about it but have for, given the situation uh, even though uh, the situation still hurts like you know uh, um, but yeah my you know my relationship with my dad is is like you know it's not it's 
it's not the same as everyone's relationship with their dad, but it's it's one that it's a normal Asian <laughs> parent child relationship where you know I I love them, I do things for them, uh, I show my love by doing things for them, and uh, that's my dad's way of showing love is he he does things for me, uh, and, but we never talk about that that situation or that moment. Mm. But it'll be good <laughs> if I did bring that situation up now. Yeah. Yeah. Like in terms of seeking the reconciliation. Yes. Yeah. yeah because yeah. you you uh, sense that yeah that if it hasn't been dealt with, then even though you forgive them, this it still impacts the relationship. Well, yeah. Well, it impacts what I do. Yeah. Now. Yeah. I don't think think it impacts the relationship per se, but it impacts me. Yeah. in what I do with other things mm-hmm. yeah so so, so yeah. In, in summary in the sense forgiveness is hard and how do you define forgiveness is hard yeah. Yeah. it's and not it's, easy <laughs> yeah, and it's not just a switch that you can go oh, I'll forgive and that's it yeah it's not yeah. a switch you know, forgive and forget and you know come on, don't. Yeah. it's not that yeah. easy yeah well I think sometimes it also takes the time for the emotions to catch up I can the act of forgiving them I can forgive them <laughs> <laughs> But it takes time to process and work yeah. out. I felt different things at different points, um, like the sadness that came. Mm-hmm. It yeah. even came back like a couple of years later when I was seeing, um, you know, two close friends and their parents getting along really well, uh, both Christian and Christian parents on both sides, and yeah. the, just that harmony and that peace and that warmth. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa! Like, <laughs> I'm really happy for my my friends yeah. and their families, but. I just didn't expect that to come. Like I was just so sad yeah, for like the next couple of days. Mm. And yeah. you know, it's, I guess it still yeah, it still affects me. Um, but have I forgiven them? Yeah, I have. Mm. And I'll continue to seek reconciliation, whether that's possible or not. We'll see. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. I think we should close it there. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, that's been helpful uh, for you as we yeah reflect on forgiveness and as we reflect on. Yeah, the importance of hearing God's word personally. Um, yeah, so I hope that that's encouraged you in some way or uh, spurred you on to live for Jesus. Um, yeah, please tune in uh, next week uh, as we continue uh, looking at God's word and as we continue to think think through particular issues uh, and questions that are raised either on Sunday. If you have more, let us know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please um, let us know if you have any further questions um, about what we just discussed as well. Yeah. Uh, you can contact us through our email like comms c-o-m-m-s at cabra.church um, or you can just leave a leave a comment or something on, on YouTube I suppose or you know you know our contact details yeah. you can call us <laughs> if you're yeah anyway yeah. if you know someone who's particularly doing it tough as well mm. um, you can always encourage them to talk to us they may not feel comfortable sharing with us but if you prod them maybe they they will mm. um, and yeah we'll do our best to you know, love and care for you guys and girls <laughs> we take we, we use the word guys as encompassing all people, right? Yes, like yeah, yes, all people. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> all right.